the mystery history podcast i'm allison i'm rachel welcome to episode 168 on the tinder murder of sydney loof yikes oh this one is a dating nightmare so glad that i was already in a relationship prior to like online dating I feel like you could online date, probably, but you had to, like, pay for it, right? No, they had free sites. Like, I was on Plenty of Fish, and it was a bunch of crazy people. Oh, yeah, I forgot about those days. And OkCupid okay, <laughs> was another one. There was, a, there was, there was some. Not, I feel like now it might be easier because they're so mainstream. Mm-hmm. But you also have to look out for crazy people that are on there. Yep. So no, I don't I don't envy online dating. It sounds not fun. Awful. Uh, this was suggested to us by Heather. So Heather, thank you for the suggestion. Um, thank you. If you want to be like Heather and send us your suggestions, please do. We're booking into January right now. We've got a bunch of suggestions on the schedule for the following weeks. So you might hear the ones you suggested so please send us your ideas uh t public you know the new t-shirt place yeah (laughs) for all of our merch with some really cool designs from jamie on there uh we got an og logo that's back up our regular microphone logo everything that you could want is is there it's there and it's still on sale folks yeah, I was going to say, how long is this sale for? Do you Forever. even know? Probably, it's just... I, I would assume till the end of December. I don't know. They didn't tell me when it's going off. So really, the moral of the story is if you want the deal, order it now. Get it now. And everybody wants this for Christmas, guaranteed. Every single person you know yeah. is secretly hoping for a mystery history sweatshirt or and t-shirt or coffee if- mug. Yeah, or tapestry. Who knows? The possibilities are endless, and they might not even listen to us. But I guarantee you, if you get them a shirt for $16, they might. And it's going to be a cool shirt, even if they never listen. So cool. Yeah. So go on there, T Public. You can search MHP, uh, or there's going to be a link in the show notes, or there's a link on all of our social media uh, which, by the way, if you would like to follow us on Instagram or Facebook, please do so. Mystery History Podcast on both of those. We have had the same amount of followers on Instagram for a year. Yeah, we could do better. How is that? <laughs> I don't know, but I'd like more. <laughs> Me too. That's so <laughs> weird. They come and go. You know, that must be it. But we, uh, you know, we stay in the same, you know, the same range. But we would love to have yep. more. So tell a buddy, bring a friend. That's right. I think right now we're at like 5,500 and something on Instagrams. Yeah. I'd like to be at six million. 
<laughs> That's right. So <laughs> tell everyone. Oh, goodness. Anyway, that's all I have for business. Oh, oh no, I don't. I have one more thing. Mm-hmm. We have a Christmas card that's coming out that we would like to send to you. It is amazing. So please send us your address. If you want a Christmas card. Yeah, in a non-creepy way. And we'll send you a Christmas card. Mm-hmm. From until us. we until we run out of them, and then yeah, we, we will have stop. A, correct. We have a limited supply, so first come, first serve, folks. And it's not yep. a lot. It's not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Okay, I think that is it. Okay, excellent. Hey, would, you, would you like to get us started on this? I would love to. Sydney Irene Loof was born on August twenty first. Hey, that's my brother's birthday. 1993, that part's not my brother's birthday, Uh, in Broken Bow, Nebraska, to George and Susie Loof. She had a big brother, Levi, and a little sister, Mackenzie. Her family moved to Neely, Nebraska, around 2000, when Sydney was seven. She was a tomboy, skilled, a skilled fisherman, and liked to play basketball and golf in school. As a teenager, she developed scoliosis, which stopped her from playing sports. Oh, so it must have been, like, bad scoliosis, right? Yeah, because don't you have scoliosis? I mean, I've always said I had scoliosis. The only indication I know that I have scoliosis is in middle school when they did the test. They were like, hmm, you have scoliosis. And then for the rest of my days, I'm like, I got scoliosis. <laughs> I just remember, but it's it's never stopped me from doing anything, and I've never had it confirmed by like an actual doctor. Yeah, this is just the good old gym teacher being like, "Yep, you got a crooked back, girl." <laughs> right. But I just remember. I don't remember what you did, but you bent down and then you bent up, and then you're like, "Oh, my scoliosis." <laughs> yep, I remember that. That was good. Well, so yeah, no, I've not had any, um, what was I going to say? From scoliosis, I have not had any repercussions like not being able to play sports though. So to me, that means that must be pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I I know you hate it, but I watch Sister Wives. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's a dumpster fire right now. Highly recommend. But one of their kids had scoliosis so bad and like had to get a brace and then like had to get surgery and like back surgery, which was major. It was scary. So that is terrifying. Yeah. So obviously it can be that bad. Not that bad. Yeah. So Sydney graduated from Neely Oakdale high school in 2011 and took a job working as a cashier at the local Menards in Norfolk. She was later transferred to the Menards Outlet near 27th Street and Cornhusker Highway. Uh-huh. I like it. Uh-huh. She eventually moved to Lincoln to join her siblings. Her siblings stated that she could be messy at times, but liked to help people during tough times in their life. Her brother Levi said she was the poster person for caring for others more than she did herself. Her dream was to move south and work with animals in a vet clinic in Colorado. That's not south. Mm. From Nebraska, maybe it is. I was 
I don't think it is, but that's no, fine. Think, yeah, direction's difficult. <laughs> she wants to live in the South and in Colorado, which I understand. Who doesn't yeah. want to live in Colorado? Sydney suffered from anxiety and major depression, and her family saw her mental health becoming worse. November 13th, 2017, her parents took her to the doctor to get on antidepressants. Hmm. And it it's, I listened to a podcast, which I got a shout out here. I didn't watch the video. I listened to the audio on um, Apple, but it's called Crime and Cleaning Podcast. And yeah, I really like the premise. Like she has a video of her deep cleaning things while she talks about crime. So it's kind of like that one chick who does the makeup. The makeup, Bailey. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she deep cleans stuff and that could be very therapeutic, but yeah, I don't think she's posted anything super recently, but she also has just like the, the audio you can listen to if you're not into the cleaning videos. But she stated in her podcast that it appeared that she had been on other antidepressants that she was trying to like find the one that worked for her. So this wasn't her first round of antidepressants. It mm-hmm. just, she was trying to find her, her dose that worked for her. Do you sometimes have to cycle antidepressants for them to continue working? Sometimes they can stop. Sometimes it's a dosage issue. The problem with antidepressants is, is that it could take, it takes like two or three weeks for you to notice that something is changing. And nine times out of 10, your symptoms get worse during those Before. two to three weeks. Ugh. And then if that one doesn't work, then you have to go back to the drawing board and usually they'll up your dosage, give it another two weeks. It, it can be a really long and frustrating process. And that's terrible because if you're getting antidepressants, like you need help. help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's terrible. Yeah. It's a really, it, it is a terrible game that you have to play to find the right one. So Sydney had a profile on Tinder as young people do and she met a woman named audrey boswell november 14th 2017 sydney and audrey met up and hung out in audrey's basement apartment sydney had asked her several times to confirm that the date would just be the two of them so she was trying to be careful make sure Mm -hmm. that you know everything was okay and audrey told her that it would be They exchanged phone numbers and they planned to go out again the next day. So it went well. Yeah. Sounds like it. If you want to hang out with somebody that quick again. Yeah. November 15th, 2017, the next day, Audrey stated that her and Sydney drove around and smoked some weed before Audrey dropped Sydney off at a friend's house near 56th and Cornhusker. She never saw her again. And I don't know. Nobody did. November 16th, Sydney did not report to work. Sydney was always very punctual and it wasn't like her to show up late or to not show up at all. Her manager, Lee Shaw, and Sydney's parents were, of course, worried. The police were called and an investigation started. That's good that they started right away because mm-hmm. she's an adult. And I think that they were worried also because of the appointment that they just had with like the antidepressants and that was like that heightened everything yeah that makes sense lincoln police officers forced their way into sydney's home and saw no signs of a struggle or an overdose 
Um, so they were checking because of, like you said, the mental health issues that she was having. Police did find several things that appeared unusual, though. Her vehicle was still there and her purse was on the counter. They couldn't find her wallet, keys, or phone, which would normally be in her purse. They tried to call her cell phone, but it went straight to voicemail. It appeared she had never come back home or that she left willingly. Authorities pinged Sydney's cell phone and it showed it was last used in Wilbur around 24 hours ago, but her family didn't know any friends of hers that lived there or why she would be in Wilbur. How far away is Wilbur? I need to know. I don't know the answer to that. Because that would be... I feel like that's pertinent to the story. So it's about 40 minutes. So it's not super duper far. Yeah. Um, Uh And then also they... They, it showed, I don't think it's in the notes, but like at 8.30 her p.m., her phone was turned off. They were able to ping and figure out that it was her phone had been turned off. Okay. On November 14th, Susie, Sydney's mom, received a text from Sydney stating that she was having a good day. And she stated they did not talk on November 15th. But Susie saw a post on Snapchat that was a selfie captioned, ready for my date. So they knew that she had gone on some date. Yeah. Furthermore, she was trying to be, she was trying to be, do all the right things. So Brittany Flynn, who was a childhood friend of Sydney's, informed the police that Sydney had gone on a date between, um, on November 14th with a woman named Audrey, who she met on Tinder. Sydney had actually sent a picture of Audrey to Brittany um, Mm -hmm. who passed it on to her parents and then passed it on to the authorities. Another friend of Sydney's Brooklyn McChrystal joined Tinder to look through the profiles until she located Audrey's picture. She started talking to Audrey like she was interested and got her phone number, which she then also passed to police. So her friends. Nice. Yeah, they're on it. And she sent a picture of Audrey to one of her friends. So like you said, she was doing all the right things, like watching her back. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Investigators spoke to Audrey, who claimed, again, what was reported above, that they smoked weed, they drove around. And then Audrey dropped Sydney off at a friend's home. But that was it. Yep. Police tracked the number. Which number? Audrey's number. Oh, okay. Police tracked the number and discovered it was from a fake pinger phone number actually belonging to Bailey Marie Boswell, who was 23. So is that like a like some kind of like software or something you get on your phone where if somebody calls that number, your phone rings? Yeah, I think it's like a WhatsApp type situation, I believe. Okay. They also tracked the IP address to a Wilbur residence. Uh, Leaded? Lived in. Bye. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> lived up. in okay so to a wilbur uh, residence and bailey and her boyfriend aubrey clifton trail lived there and audrey clifton trail was 51 years old 
And he's so, a male. That is a male. Quite a difference there. Yeah. In age. They executed a search warrant and found nothing odd except for the strong odor of bleach, which is never a good thing. No. The house was in disarray except for one room that was completely clean. Police declared the couple as people of interest. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's super confusing when I'm doing when I was doing the notes because Audrey was the fake name. Aubrey then, uh, is the Bree. man. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> so it gets confusing. Confusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love how... Why do people do this? Okay, having all that bleach, like if you used a bunch of bleach to clean something, wouldn't you be like airing your house out if you cleaned something like that? And then two, the whole house is a mess except for one room. Yeah. Like that it's doesn't look weird. Right. Well, and that was in that crime and closet or clean, clean, crime and cleaning podcast. She had stated that. And yeah, that is, that looks super suspicious because I don't mess it up a little bit. Right. Throw some trash in there or something. (laughs) And I hate the smell of bleach. It makes me sick. So do I. It is pretty awful. On November 28th, (laughs) this is ridiculous. The couple released a Facebook Live in response to them being named a person of interest claiming their innocence. So there is a audio file out there that you can listen to of them rambling on. It's mostly him that's rambling on. Really? Um, and yeah, it. well, and they're on the run, right? Because they're kind of a person of interest. So they decided to claim their innocence on Facebook Live and Basically, the gist of it is they stated that they didn't know where Sydney was. They hoped that she was okay and fuck the police. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They're obviously like very mature. That. <laughs> he says that is a quote. The quote. fuck the police part. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they up and ran. Mm hmm. Which is After very the search warrant was executed. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't do that. And man, stay off of social media. People are idiots. Freaking people. Yeah. <laughs> On, no, what were you going to say? Nothing. Oh, that, Go okay. ahead. <laughs> On November 30th, the two were arrested at a hotel in Branson, Missouri on unrelated fraud charges. You're on the run and you're frauding. Yeah. <sighs> They, I did not put there, there is a little backstory on these two yahoos. I did not feel like we need to know about their lives because they're idiots and are not important, you know what I mean? But yeah, basically, both of them grew up in a life of crime. I mean, that's just and they found each other. How cute, interesting, but it didn't take them long, did it, for them to catch up to them it's what happens when you post on facebook live very stupid (laughs) Mm -hmm. early december 2017 lincoln police investigator bob hurley and fbi special agent mike masseth used groundbreaking analysis of bailey's cell phone records to lead them to the body of sydney the body was cut oh my gosh into 14 pieces and that 13 parts had been recovered in 17 different locations. 
the body parts, sex toys, apparel, and other items had been wrapped in 30-gallon black plastic trash bags and scattered in roadside ditches in a rural area of Clay County in south-central Nebraska. That's nuts. So they were just, like, throwing trash bags out into, like, the side of the road. Wow. Pretty much, yeah. And it's one thing to kill someone, but then to chop them up into that many pieces and then distribute them in 17 different locations. Like, that's crazy. That is crazy. During their separate trials, the prosecution produced surveillance footage and multiple witnesses that incriminated Bailey and Aubrey. Surveillance cameras recorded Bailey and Aubrey I'm messing it up. Aubrey checking into a Best Western hotel in Lincoln, nearby Sydney's Menards, on November 14th at 4 p.m. Oh. On November 15th at 11.30 a.m., they shopped at Aardvark Antique Mall, buying a folding saw, weeder, and food grinders. No. Shortly after, cell phone tower data for both suspects phones show that they were waiting near Sydney's residence before her departure to work and they followed her to Menards. In that day's CCTV recordings, Aubrey, no, Aub- yeah, Aubrey. <laughs> this is really <laughs> jacking me up. The guy is seen entering at noon before Sydney exits the Menard store with Aubrey looking over his shoulder at her. At her. Ew. And there's a picture of this, and it is that, the most unsettling thing I've ever seen. That's what I'm just thinking, like, how chilling it is for those detectives to, like, have an idea of what happened and then to ha- watch this and mm-hmm. know. Ugh. It gives so, me shivers. Ugh. Yeah. So he's seen entering at noon, and he purchases an air freshener, a cotton cord, Drano, protein bars, a thermometer, and lighters. So just random shit. Yeah. While Sydney was at work, Home Depot surveillance tapes show the two buying a tree saw, 30-gallon trash bags, and Clorox bleach before and after the murder. So they obviously didn't have enough. Um, Wow. Clorox and hefty plastic bags were bought from a Dollar General store a few hours before Sydney's second date and from a grocery store in Wilbur the day after. So these, what's weird is they took all this time to cut her up into all those pieces, distribute her in 17 different locations, and then didn't think about what they were buying. And I mean, I think they were trying to not It sounds like they, yeah, by going to all these different stores for things. But everybody has cameras. Yeah, and I don't really understand what they thought they were um, going to gain by cutting her body up into a bunch of pieces and distributing them in different places. I don't... Right. Like, why would you do that? What was the point of that? And did they really think that between Audrey and Aubrey, which was really close to the tinder name putting her real face on there like i just yeah so well what is what is her actual name 
her actual name is Bailey, but his name is, is Aubrey. Aubrey. So Bailey acted like her name was Audrey, yep. put pictures of herself mm-hmm. on there, and then, okay, got a date with Sydney. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's a real weird made-up name, one letter off from your co-conspirator. Right. It's just ridiculous. At trial, staff at both stores testified. A manager at the Dollar General confirmed the barcodes for the bleach and plastic bags found near Sydney's remains matched the ones in Aubrey and Bailey's receipt, which was dated November 16th. After a stop at a grocery store where they bought additional bleach, plastic trash bags, and a trash bin, Data from cell towers show the pair's phones traveling to and from the area where Sydney's remains were found. So I have a question, though, because I'm kind of confused. They found her remains in all over the place, right? I think it was kind of in a, a centralized location. So I think they dropped 17 things out and dump okay it, like down but, the same road yeah but i think it was all kind of I in really... a centralized location it wasn't like they traveled all over town to do this why <laughs> why why investigators were not able to find the cutting tools and hacksaw but they did find handcuffs rope a dog collar leash and sex toys Sydney's DNA could not be found on any of these items because they bought 700 gallons of bleach. Mm-hmm. Pieces of electric wire were found scattered near Sydney's remains, and Aubrey confessed that he had used it to strangle her. Investigators found Sydney's blood on a rubber glove and a pair of pants, but authorities could not identify who the owner of the glove or pants was. Correct. So they weren't sure who was the one that killed her essentially this is wild it's so wild in july 2019 three women took the stand to allege aubrey and bailey had desires to record victims as they tortured and killed them in one confession um aubrey claimed that he recorded a video of sydney consenting to being choked but that tape was never found and he never claimed he recorded her death which is Aubrey wasn't he wasn't even supposed to be there correct correct so Um, I can't imagine she consented to being choked when she wasn't she didn't want him there correct right (laughs) while um Aubrey and Bailey were housed at the Saline County Jail he sent letters with ciphers to Bailey informing her of what story to tell the court. And I'm sure that they were awful and they were deciphered by <laughs> kindergartners. Not... They brought yeah. in <laughs> wasn't like the Zodiac <laughs> or anything like that. Um, the letter stated that he had taken full responsibility for the murder and painted Bailey as a forced participant in the crime. He also Mm -mm. wrote about his plan to make money on the snuff films that he wanted to create and that he lied about the original intention of killing her so no one would get hurt in the process, which I think he means all the people he's going to sell these snuff films to. Wow. Which is dumb. Ugh. I don't. Just, I don't know. 
Aubrey made several contradicting confessions from jail that he had solely killed Sydney. In a later confession, he alleged that Sydney died following a third date with Bailey on November 16th. In his third confession, he claimed that the trio participated in a sexual fantasy where he would be with two women and that he would choke Sydney and that he accidentally choked her too hard. His fourth confession recanted all of his previous confessions, claiming there was no such things as sexual fantasy or a threesome, but claimed he did accidentally choke her to death. Like, what are you doing? Is, is he panicking? Like, what, what's happening here? I don't know. You're going to get an equal amount of trouble for all of these things, sir. And also, you can't accidentally choke someone to death. Yeah. Unless and... you are doing that, right? In in yeah. what other circumstance would you accidentally choke someone to death? Well, I mean, I can see the autoerotic asphyxia type stuff where people accidentally kill themselves because they're they don't have a spotter. But that's more yeah. so like you're doing it yourself and you tie it too tight and you can't get out. You know, right. I'm saying like sexual fantasy uh, items aside, in what circumstance would you ever be? Because he said there was no sexual fantasy. There was no threesome. But I did accidentally choke her to death. Like what? (laughs) Why? How? What were you doing? He told the FBI that his job was to make movies with special kinds of kinks. And he was paid by people who wanted to see these movies and he used their money to pay subjects such as Sydney, knowing full well that a choking kink can lead to death. No. Aubrey's confessions seemed credible to authorities, all of them. I mean, they're all essentially the same thing, right? They're all in the same vein. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why is he switching everything up to things that are not going to get him in less trouble? You know right. what I mean? Like, why would you lie about something that's going to get you in equal amounts of trouble? <laughs> What's the point? Usually, if you're making up the lie, you're like getting out of some sort of trouble, right? That Which doesn't would make be sense. the murder, not so right. much like I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many ways you dice it. If you choked her to death on accident, you're in equal amounts of trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the confessions seemed credible to authorities as these are what tipped them off about the location of where he threw Sydney's phone, leading the police to Wilbur's Czech Cemetery where where they found her phone and her driver's license and credit card. It took just a few hours for the jury to reach its decision and Aubrey was convicted of first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and improper disposal of human skeletal remains. He was sentenced to death in June 2021. Aubrey is 57 years old now and remains on death row at the Tecumseh State Correctional Institution. Aubrey tried to appeal his sentence and sought to represent himself, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure would have gone really well. Uh, The request was denied. (laughs) Yes. Thankfully for everyone that would have to listen to that bullcrap. Can you imagine? No. He had four different confessions and none of them made any damn sense. 
how are you going to represent yourself? Oh, yeah. Bailey was convicted of the exact same charges in 2020, but she received life without parole. Bailey is 29 and is incarcerated at the Nebraska Correctional Center for Women in York. Now, that unrelated case that they got arrested for initially, they were sentenced for defrauding hundreds of thousands of dollars from interstate coin buyers which seems like you'd have to be pretty smart to do. I don't know. I know. Is that like a company or like a group of people? I Is like interstate probably... coins something? I don't know. I, I Whenever I think of coins, I think of like old coins. Yeah. Me too. But... So were they like making fake coins? I don't know if maybe they... It seems like that's too much above their wheelhouse. I know. I, that's what I'm thinking, too. Like, there's no way they were able to do that. That no. doesn't make sense. I could see them saying that they had them or, like, I found a buyer and then just taking the money and running. Yeah. That I could see happening. Um, he also had a criminal background involving forged checks. So he had a life of crime and swindling people for money and all of these things. Mm -hmm. while looking for sydney initially a facebook page was created that gained thirty thousand followers trying to bring her home um oh, that is so sad the page is now named celebrating sydney loof and the set me free project which is an anti-trafficking nonprofit organization dedicated a $3,000 scholarship in her name to be granted to students pursuing careers in criminology online safety and social work that's awesome so, a little silver lining i leave you with um after this i mean she was so young and she was just trying to go on a date and these two idiots what did and they, they gain only from that? i don't i i'm i'm confused too they only killed her that we it's know not of. like <sighs> but i can't imagine they would have gotten away with it from anybody else yeah and i don't know if they really were because i mean snuff films are a thing and yeah everybody's seen hostile you know that people are wackadoo so yeah. i could see where a market would be there for that but where's the tape then yeah you know and, that's and, the whole point of it right right and her consenting where's that tape yeah, you'd think you would watch her back with that. And if you were attempting to, even though he says that strangling her to death was an accident, you would have thought he would have taped the whole thing just in case. You know what I mean? I don't know. If that was his ruse. Sure. But that can't be it anyways, because if you accidentally strangle someone, you don't decide to cut their body up into a bunch of pieces right. and distribute them around town. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then the three women that took the stand and alleged that Aubrey and Bailey had desires to record victims as they tortured and killed them. How did they get that information? Right. Well, were they recorded? That... I want, like, do you know? I don't know. In that Crime and Cleaning podcast, she says that this is like a vampire sex cult that they were running where it was all like consensual, but they were all doing weird shit. 
And huh. but I didn't see any of that when like I documented was, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I didn't find any of that, but I could see where and and in his one of his confessions, basically he was using the money to pay women to be a part of these with the intention of not killing them. So maybe he was like they were acting it out like it was a you know a snuff film and then maybe this one but I don't I don't I don't know huh so maybe he did accidentally kill her or maybe she didn't want to do at. it maybe she yeah. didn't want to do it and he got pissed and choked her to death yeah but where are the other snuff films then or like the ones are any they... films right. <laughs> anything I don't know and well I maybe don't... they didn't find any I don't know and or even if they did, if it's like consenting adults, I guess there's not much to be done about that. And if there was no murder, you're yeah. not really in trouble for anything. But I feel like there would have been something alluding to the fact that this was happening, like a video camera, you know, like things that would show that this was happening and they don't state that any of that was going on. So mm -hmm. or that they found anything like that. I feel like. Yeah. If it they seems found to me stuff, it would be that would be important. Yeah. And two, well, did the girl's Tinder account? This is where I'm like, this is my line of thinking right now. So Sydney gets on Tinder, finds this girl, goes on a date, thinks that it's just gonna be with her. Mm -hmm. And then at some point after that first date, Aubrey's gotta get introduced into the situation, mm -hmm. right? for any of this stuff to have happened now i feel like most people are not gonna be like oh yeah okay that's cool bring your 50 year old boyfriend in on this like that's right. fine i don't think that's gonna happen honestly no. so no. i don't know that's where i'm like kind of stuck because <laughs> i feel like yeah, she would probably try to leave at that point. Right. I don't know. Weird. And is this picture the one of him, like, leering mm -hmm. at her? Ugh. Yep, that's yeah. him right there in the corner of it. Gross. Scary. Very gross. Okay. Well, let me cite my sources. I used wikipedia.com, delanerbarlet.medium.com, um and the cinaholic.com that one was a good one it had a lot of good information and then i also listened to that crime and cleaning podcast the episode's called the murder of sydney loof okay. um, and it was their short episodes short and sweet um i recommend but like i said i don't think she's posted anything in a while but it was good nice Okay, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode 168 on the Tinder murder of Sydney Loof. We hope you have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.